Welcome to the Wealth with Purpose podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Joining me today, I have Alex Cook, the CEO and founder of Wealth with Purpose. Alex, thanks again for your time today. Thanks, Jay. Great to be back with you. Fantastic. Well, last week we had part one of leaving a legacy for your family and God's kingdom. And uh, this week, well, it's part two. So what happens to your superannuation when you die? Yeah, well, look, it's a great question because a lot of people aren't aware that your superannuation is what we call a non-estate asset. What does that mean? What does that jargon mean? It simply means that your superannuation as a general rule is not covered by your will. So a lot of people will go and do a will and they'll think, oh, therefore my super should end up in the right hands as per my will. But your superannuation money, even though it's your money, it's not legally yours. If you look at a superannuation fund, the way they're structured, that the control of that money is in the hands of the trustee of that super fund. And that's obviously the big names out there that many of us have heard and, and the super funds we're in. And so the way we need to address it is through what's called a beneficiary nomination. So if you call up your super fund or go to their website, they'll have a beneficiary nomination form and you can then state to whom you want to have it paid. And there's different types. There's what we call binding and non-binding. All that lingo simply means is that binding means that the trustee has to pay to the person that you've stipulated. And so very important issue to consider, particularly if you were to get divorced, your will become null and void, but the nomination on your super fund, for example, stays the same. So there's things you may need to change as circumstances change in your life. Uh, But what ultimately happens to your super when you die, according to whatever that nomination is that you've made, it will either be paid out as what we call a lump sum death benefit. So it'll be paid out to the person that you wanted to, or it can be multiple people, it doesn't have to be just one. Or alternatively, uh, if it's to your spouse or to a minor child, you can actually pay them an income stream from your super fund. So in other words, rather than them getting a lump sum, they'll get a regular income payments from your old super fund. So that's the two main ways that it can be addressed. So it's an interesting issue, an important one for people to think through, because as I say, most people aren't aware of what actually happens to their super when they die. Alex Cook is my guest today. Alex is the CEO and founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, what are the main documents we need to get to create an estate plan? Yeah, look, the really obvious one that obviously most people think of when they think of this topic is is having a will in place. And that's obviously really important, determining who uh, your assets are going to be passed on to. That's obviously a really critical one. A couple of others that are often overlooked. So one is called an enduring power of attorney. And that is actually more about what happens during your lifetime as opposed to when you pass away. So with a power of attorney, you're granting someone the power to make financial decisions on your behalf in the event that you're unable to. And there's, there's two main types. There's what we call a general, a general one where you, you know, can stipulate someone has a fixed time period, like maybe you're traveling overseas and they can take care of your finances while you're away, or they can be what's called an enduring power of attorney where that continues even if you've lost capacity. So, for example, you have a car accident, uh, you're in a coma, someone still you know, someone still needs to access your money to pay your rent and your mortgage, that kind of thing. Well, they can do that, um, you know, 
using that power of attorney. So that's a really important one. Uh, another similar one that relates to that is what's called an enduring guardian. Uh, by the way, the terminology can vary slightly by state to state because estate planning is actually uh, dealt with by state legislation. So some of the terminology can differ in states around Australia. For the broad part, they're, they're roughly the same, certainly conceptually. And so with an enduring guardian, it's much the same thing. It's a similar sort of power. But the difference is you're giving someone the power to make decisions on your behalf over the health and lifestyle. So, for example, you know, you're getting old. What kind of care are you going to receive? kind of aged care facility may you need to be moved into, that kind of thing. So there, so those two are really important documents above and beyond the will that are often overlooked. And of course, the one which we talked about in the, in the earlier question around superannuation is what's called a beneficiary nomination form. So making sure your superannuation is directed to whom you want it to. Uh, and that can include your estate. It doesn't have to necessarily be to a person. You can actually pay it to your estate and therefore it then becomes covered under your will. So yeah, very important topic and certainly some important documents that we all need to have in place. Now, Alex, what are some common problems that you encounter with estate planning? Probably the most common one is just not doing it, <laughs> as in no documents. Uh, I think, I believe the figures are something like 40% of Australians die intestate. What that means is they die without a proper will in place. Uh, and that's very problematic from the point of view of uh, your assets then get determined as in who gets them will be determined by state legislation. So if you're in New South Wales, as most of your listeners I'm sure are, um, you're, if you die without a will, New South Wales legislation will determine the order in who gets paid. You know, it'll get paid to your surviving spouse and then to your kids and so forth. And there's sort of a, you know, like a a family tree, if you like, of whom gets paid according to that state legislation. Now, I would argue from a Christian perspective, that that's poor stewardship because ultimately we're saying, well, who's going to get God's money? And so I think having a will in place and determining in advance how you want to steward that money in death uh, is very important. Of course, you can't control everything. You can't control from the grave. uh, But I think it's important to have thought through these issues and have the appropriate documents in place. Um, So that's one of the problems I see. The other one I see often is people not allowing for their kids. So, you know, I've had people over the years where, you know, they're, they don't have great relationships with their kids and so they want to either leave it to other organisations or they want to bypass their kids and give it to the grandkids, just things like that. I always My, my sort of view on this is you always want to allow for your kids to some degree because um, – and you should have a statement, I think, attached to your will that explains your decisions. In fact, I go one step further. I actually think uh, you should tell your kids your estate plans well before you die so that there is no surprises. Everyone knows what's going to happen and why it's going to happen that way. I've certainly had very open discussions with my parents about their circumstances and what their plans are, and I'll certainly do the same with my kids. To me, it's an important thing because often wills get contested, family families break down because, you know, at the end it just becomes about money and it becomes very messy. So very important to have these things in place and make allowances for family members make sure it's all communicated well so everyone knows what's going to happen and and the the problems are dealt with in advance rather than after death. Um, And, of course, you can do a lot of damage to to your kids when you leave them, if you you leave behind nothing with no explanation. And, you know, so you've got to think through it. I think, you know, it's a topic that can't be ignored. We need to think through it biblically and, uh, you know, critically think through the issues so that we make allowances Uh, for all our loved ones. And Alex, how can we have a kingdom impact with our estate, uh, like leaving a legacy? This is an exciting opportunity. As I say, 
when I talk to many Christians about this through our seminars and through financial planning, the most common scenario I hear is people saying, I just want to leave it to my kids. And so what I like to challenge people to there is actually, well, if it's God's money, what can you sow into? This is your final chance to sow into God's kingdom. And what are you going to sow into? What are the organizations that you know God has put on your heart throughout your lifetime that you've supported that would really benefit from an uplift of you know a, a cash injection? In fact, there are a lot of Christian ministries out there that really rely on estates, and you know many Christian ministries offer you know a free will service and things like that to you know encourage people to to give to their organisation. So to me, this is about sowing into eternity. You know. As a believer, we know that when we pass away, we're going to pass into eternity. And so we want to make sure that with the resources that God has given us, that we do make an eternal difference. I, you know, I, I love the idea that with money that I've given both during my lifetime and, and even in my death, uh, that that money will go to organizations that will see people come to Christ and I'll meet those people in heaven. I mean, how cool would it be that you're in heaven and someone comes up to you and say, you know what, because of you, your support of that organisation, they gave me a Bible, I got to hear the good news, and now I'm here in heaven with you. I mean, that to me is yeah, what it's all about. And, and of course, you know, hearing the words from Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. So to me, it, 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 estate planning, it's a topic that I see uh, people put off, you know, they... they no one likes to think about mortality that much, you know, it seems depressing, but it's actually a real opportunity, I think, to do fantastic good for our families uh, and, of course, for building God's kingdom. And uh, finally, Alex, how can Wealth With Purpose help? Yeah, look, uh, what I'd encourage people to do is just to jump on our website. That's uh, wealthwithpurpose.com. And on there, there's just a whole range of different types of resources uh, that people can access, whether it's our, our courses, uh, whether it's our ebooks, there's a whole range of things there that really will get you stimulated thinking about all these Christian financial issues. Because the Bible, you know, speaks a lot about money, and uh, you know, I think the onus is on us to learn what the God's Word says about money. And uh, we're, we're, as a ministry, very keen to help you know help your listeners do exactly that. So, uh, wealthwithpurpose.com is the, the place to check out. Alex, thanks so much for your time again today. We'll chat again next week. My pleasure. Alex Cook, the CEO and founder of Wealth With Purpose. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth With Purpose podcast. For more great biblical wisdom and free resources, please visit www.wealthwithpurpose.com.